Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood, and it is Monday night at 8.15, and that means that Georgia football recruiting will be covered here on the UGA Sports YouTube channel. Uh, Trent, Jed, I told you before we got on, man, I'm just happy to have something to lead off the show with other than talking about Arch Manning. We're not going to yeah, talk about Arch yeah, well, <laughs> we can't. I don't. I, I think we'd have a mutiny if we didn't do an art. If we totally banned Arch tonight, but uh, <laughs> but for sure, the, the I think the biggest news of the night that we can lead off with right here um, is that Georgia picks up a commit from 2023 linebacker C.J. Allen. Uh, you know, Trent Jed, right off the top here, give everybody your thoughts on this uh, linebacker from Barnesville, Georgia. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those. I mean we've talked. I mean these these first couple weekends of official visits have seen a lot of inside linebackers with C.J. Allen, Pup Howard, Braylon Wilson, and Troy Bowles um, all in town. And C.J. Allen obviously is the first one to to pull the trigger. And I saw him at the state track meets in Columbus a few weeks ago. Dude is built like a tank. I mean an absolute tank. Dash uh, put a thing on Twitter that he's the exact same height and weight um, as a young Monty Rice, and and I believe it just. You know, he, he looks like a uh, he looks like, he looks like a Georgia linebacker. That's all I can really say about him. So, um, Glenn Schumann has honed in on him as as one of his top targets in the class, and then he's the first one to, to kind of come on board here. Uh, Trent, I know that some people are going to take this as kind of you know blasphemy or whatever, uh, especially Georgia faithful. But this dude rocking the number three and standing at six foot one, two hundred and twenty pounds, and the way that he can run. Uh, he, I'm not saying he's going to be the linebacker that Roquan Smith was, but man, he looks like Roquan out there on the field, especially playing against double a competition, uh, there in, in the state of Georgia. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just showing that clip at, uh, as a running back, I mean, he rushed for over a thousand yards last year in 10 games. Um, you know, I think, I think he averaged somewhere around 10 yards per carry, I mean, on top of that, he had close to 100 tackles uh, in 10 games. So you're sitting there looking at uh, averaging 10, almost 10 tackles per game, and and almost 10 yards per rush. Um, he's just a he's just an athlete. Um, if you look at him, he, he kind of reminds you. I'm not comparing anybody to Roquan, but just that mold of an athlete. Um, he, he's a playmaker when the ball's in there. He, he's you know decent in coverage. I think he had three or four interceptions last year. <laughs> I mean, he's just uh, um, all around just a, a great athlete. And, you know, when we looked at him initially and he was, what, a three-star, 5.5 uh, ranked in the rivals ranking, I was like, man, that kid is is definitely not – he's a lot better in that ranking. And I think that the offers kind of showed that. And um, it's a big commitment pickup uh, by, by Schumann and Kirby. Yeah, and, and the reason I, I say, you know, listen, Roquan Smith measured six foot one. 236 pounds at the combine okay at the nfl combine this kid right now is listed at six foot one north of 220 pounds so uh that's a big guy coming out of high school he's able to sift through traffic he's able to fight off blocks and he has uh, shown the 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 ability to have you know closing speed end up uh making tackles you know searching guys down across the field and just absolutely, you know, 
being a, a ball hawking type type linebacker. So I really think that Georgia got themselves a, a, a good one here and uh, that, you know, obviously Glenn Schumann and, and Kirby Smart, uh, they, they know a thing or two about linebacker play. And, uh, you know, him joining this class, uh, I think now the pressure kind of comes on some of these other linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. You figure you got three inside linebacker spots. You still got, you know, Raylan Wilson out there that that he visited Michigan, which he is committed to um, at, at this point. And did, did Georgia do enough there to, to, you know, flip him over? Of course, Whit Weeks is is around. Uh, Quay Rousseau, who we – who I talked to after his visit, Glenn Schumann thinks he could eventually play some inside linebacker down the line. They want to start him off in the, out, out of the edge, things of things like that. So, you know, it's uh, it's very interesting. The spots are going to be limited here. But, you know, how much do you think this will kind of jumpstart maybe some of those other guys on the at the inside linebacker position, either either one of you? Uh, I mean, I personally think this gonna this is going to uh, like you say the, the spots are going to get tight at that right there and uh, and I think it's you know kind of telling um, with Raylan Wilson coming off that Michigan visit and you know Allen originally was planning to commit in July wasn't it Jed and yeah. and he he moved it up to go ahead and grab his spot it just tells me that uh, spots are getting tight and you better jump on board and uh, you you start seeing that room fill up very fastly. Yeah, and Troy Bowles is another guy in contention that, that Georgia really, really I think has a has a very good shot with. It seems like a Georgia Ohio State battle right now for for Troy Bowles, and uh, that's that's another one there. So the spots are starting to spots are starting to uh, you know kind of kind of fill up quickly, even just with one. It just takes one domino to go, and uh, things start start changing the way they look in the entire class. And speaking of that, the domino that everybody's waiting to fall is Arch Manning. Uh, we do have to talk about it. He took his visit to Texas, and, you know, part of the title here on this show is that Arch enters a new stage um, in, his, in his recruitment because now it's basically, guys – what I would equate it to is, okay, if it's a jury that's in a trial, <laughs> they've heard all the arguments, now it's time for them to go and deliberate, right? And uh, that's that's where Arch is at. He's made all the visits, and now it's uh, wait-and-see mode. So, Jed, you know, uh, I'm sure that you perused over there the guys at Orange Bloods, what, what uh, our, our cohorts uh, on the Rivals Texas side were, were saying, and we've compared kind of some notes, notes with them, uh, and then – of course, we've been getting a, a feel of it over here on the Georgia side. What's your uh, take on the whole arch bonanza after the visits have been completed? You know, the funny thing is I originally went to Orange Bloods to see the reaction there about Reuben Owens committing to Louisville uh, is the reason I was there in the first place. Um, but, yeah, it, it's <laughs> one of those things. It's the same thing uh, that we've talked about after Arch's visit to Georgia when the, what, the, the way that family is, the way Arch himself is, they're going to say nice things. They're not going to give schools reason to, um, to to not feel confident coming out of official visits, um, especially when it's Georgia and Texas, the two schools that we've, um, you know, think it's been narrowed down to for a while. So I think this is one where it'll take, and none of us really know when he's going to commit. It could be tomorrow. It could be in a month from now. But I think 
Let me tell you something. What? No what? one knows. No, no one. one knows I mean, when we he's going to commit. There's the thing. I mean, nobody <laughs> nobody knows even if he knows. I think any like the Texas side is is projecting confidence about how Texas feels, which is not surprising. And and it's the same a lot of the same stuff that we heard on our side um, when he left Georgia. So I think this is going to be one where it's going to take a couple weeks. The visit highs are going to wear off and whatever. And you know, with this family, they're going to sit down. They're going to make their you know, pros and cons charts or whatever. And they're going to weigh this thing from all sides. And I think it's like we talked about before. Do you want the the well-rounded kind of program that Georgia is, or do you want the, the more proven uh, quarterback coach that is Steve Sarkeesian at Texas? I think those are, that's ultimately going to be the decision. And that's um, supposed, but, that's supposed too. Obviously supposed, I know, yeah. I know Sark, Sark is really good specifically with quarterbacks, but People want to make him out like the gap between play calling of Sark and Munkin is. I mean, right. I think Munkin, Munkin acquitted himself pretty good this fall, this past fall uh, trend of being a, a play caller. I mean, when you come to look at it, Georgia's offense was as explosive as anybody's in the country when they wanted to be. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And and you can also look at it another way is, uh, I mean. You kind of look at what offense coordinator could not uh, be explosive with those wideouts that Alabama had at that time while Sarkeesian mm-hmm. was uh, at Alabama. But, um, you know, we're uh, – yep, we've entered a, a whole different stretch now. And, of course, uh, I, I mean, I guess you can say uh, from the Texas side of things, uh, the Manning family has not given Texas a definite answer yet um, is what um, I have – I've seen uh, from their staff. Um, so this is this is going to move over the next couple of weeks. I, I don't think he's going to commit this week. I don't think he's going to commit next week necessarily. But I do think it'll be um, over the next month that you'll start seeing this uh, come to an end. And it'll be interesting to see what happens or, or if any anything leaks over the next month. But I, I would guess not because nothing's leaked so far. Well, and, oh, and there goes Jed. Uh, now here's here's the thing about it with with the Archman deal, okay. When it comes down to it, I think that it gets way overplayed one way, way overplayed the other. Okay, I think that there's obviously confidence, like you said, coming out of both sides. I can tell you for a fact, for a fact, I talked to recruits that were there even a quarterback recruit that was there uh, this past weekend at Georgia uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a lower class, class of 2025. And Buster, Buster Faulkner, Todd Munkin, all these guys, they absolutely were acting confident that they are going to, uh, you know, be in a very good position with Arch Man. They felt like they've done everything they can do to possibly sign him. Texas is espousing the same things according to our cohorts over there. So typically when you have something like that, Roddy hit the nail on the head on the board here. It's partly because the kid's a good kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, uh, Trent? When, yeah. when a kid is a good kid, they're not going to just – you know, crap on the efforts that you're putting forth and things like that. They're going to, they're going to be respectful. And a lot of times being respectful and being uh, nice and thoughtful and things like that come across as, man, this kid's really into the program. He really likes it. Whereas some guys, you know, 
some guys just aren't that easy easy to deal with. Arch to a person, recruits included, everybody that's come uh, come in contact with him has said that how nice of a kid he is, how good of a person he is, how humble he is. And I think sometimes that can be mistaken one way or another for, oh, he's going to come here. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah, he, he just – he's a family that – I mean, you know, you know where he's from, you know what family it is. He's, uh, they're not going to jump to any conclusion. They're not going to sway their, uh, I guess, overall opinion off of one visit. They're going to sway it off to all these visits they've taken. They've done all their homework. They've taken the unofficial visits. They've been to Texas multiple times. They've been to Georgia multiple times. They've been to Alabama multiple times. They've taken their official visit. They have not given a silent commitment, therefore. And, uh, and they're gonna they're gonna do their homework. They're gonna go home and they're gonna talk about it. They're gonna make a family decision, and that's what's gonna happen. And uh, you, you're just not gonna see uh, uh, them necessarily tip their hand one way or the other. And uh, and yeah, he, he's a great kid from a great family, and uh, they're gonna do this the right way. And um, and they have since day one. Yeah, and and here and here's the thing about it is Georgia. I think honestly, uh, people a lot of times forget about who is in the, the quarterback room, you know, uh, already. Uh, I feel like Georgia is going to be absolutely fine one way or another at, at quarterback. we got Ruffy bids over here on YouTube. So regardless of Arch Manning's commitment, Georgia will be fine. If Stetson can bring home a natty, then any of our guys bought him. I, I don't know if – I think you're discounting Stetson uh, a little bit there on that. I don't know. That, I mean, obviously he was able to do some things last year that those other guys weren't able to do yet, whether it's cognitively or – or just leadership-wise, things of that nature. But definitely, I think there's enough talent around quarterbacks at, at Georgia now in the Kirby Smart era that, you know, that's a good position to be in as a quarterback. Here's the thing, Jed, if – if and welcome back, by the way, Jed. Uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, but if Arch Manning decides to go to Texas, you would think that's almost – doing the opposite of what he wants to do in the social scene wise, because you would think he would just want to blend in, just be a normal kid, almost type deal. Cause, and, and, and be as normal as possible. I think if you go to Texas, you're putting a huge uh, target, a burden on your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Because yes, there's talented players there, but the depth overall and the talent overall is nowhere near where it is at Georgia. I think you have to carry more of a burden if you go to Texas. Yeah, sorry, Arch called me. Um, I was confirming our <laughs> dinner reservation for tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and it, the thing is, it's not only the big men on campus type thing. It's all the expectations of that program, right? You got Texas, who it is, is claims to be a blue blood and, and whatever. And since they won in 2000, um, 2000 Let's see, one in 2005 played Alabama, and after that 09 season, past decade of Texas, it's just been kind of up and down, and they're back, and they're not, they're back, they're not. So if Arch goes there, he is is the uh, you know the the face of the rebuild, right? He's he's kind of what Jacob Eason was when Jacob Eason came here, and and you know Jacob Eason didn't work out in Athens for a lot of different reasons, but that's a lot of pressure um, for for a young man to, to put on a young man. So um, yeah, there that's. You know, Blaine, you've said it a lot. That's there. The Mannings are looking for the college experience. That's something they value a lot. And I think the the pressure on a, on Arch specifically at Texas would be a lot different than it would be at Georgia. 
Well, I mean, all you know, here's the here's the art of this, okay? Uh, of any recruiting coverage, I think, in just a short time I've been in here. You tell what you've been told, okay? You tell what you've been told. You be truthful about that, and also you try to find some corroborating evidence. Here's a, that's the, what makes it hard about the arts recruitment is there is no corroborating evidence for either one. You get you get firsthand accounts through someone that that Arch spoke with, okay? Maybe even a second secondhand account from someone that saw him interacting with somebody, things of that nature. You get to hear secondhand accounts from okay, here's what uh, Cooper Manning's thinking. Here's here's what Arch is thinking. Here's what his brother's thinking. All this kind of stuff, but. Very rarely, I don't think anybody has gotten a opportunity other than outside of a practice where that means basically as much as a Kirby Smart press conference after his one of his practices. Uh, I just don't think you're getting much out of that trend. I mean, is it a little bit different than most of the recruitments uh, you've you've been a part of? I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a lot it's a lot different just because you got. You're, you're dealing with a lot of people and you're dealing with a lot of people close to the family and you know you, whether it's a seven on seven coach or you know your um your your trainer or whatever and and you're not getting anything from from that side you, you're if you're getting anything you're getting it from the family or the head coach and i'm not sure the head coach even knows uh, his head coach necessarily so if you're not getting anything from the family, you're not getting anything at all. And there's not many people getting anything from the family unless, you know, you're uh, Thomas Davis or somebody like that. So um, it, it's different just from the simple fact that you're having, we're having to go strictly on how staffs feel and um, you know, get, get, uh, how, how do they feel in this recruitment? How, how is, uh, how's their vibe from the family and stuff like that. And, and so there's no really uh, source to go to in this besides, you know, the, the coaching staffs. And then that's, that's where it's lying at right now. I was just yeah. saying it's amazing, too, because, I mean, let's look back at the 22 class with, with Gunner Stockton, right? He did interviews. He Even a, a regular old uh, Joe like me went up to up there and talked to him after practice and got, you know, Roddy went up there and, and got clips of his game and all that kind of stuff. There's none of that with Arch. There's no – I mean, the kid has done, what, one interview after – you know, there was rivals and some on three guys and everybody there at a practice. And it kind of did seems like a press conference kind of thing. But other than that, I mean, no one's even heard the kid speak. I mean, it's it's such a unique thing where the kid doesn't speak. His family doesn't speak. Um, his high school coach. I mean, Blaine, you've talked to him. He speaks a little, but even he is is not not coach necessarily, but he knows not. He to, speaks. You know, he really speaks a lot, actually. But all he says is the same thing over yeah, and exactly. over again. And that that's. Probably the, these are the five bullet points that the Manning family is. Here's your sheet of paper. Here's what you can go off of. You know, I mean, that's probably what is going on there. But when it comes down to it, I don't think that a tight end that plays with him that commits to Texas is going to do anything. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor. I don't think that you know this person going going this this place. Ultimately, they are going to make the decision they feel is going to best prepare Arch for the long-term future. If that holds to be true and stability matters as it has for, I mean, Eli Manning rejected, told the San Diego Chargers not to draft him 
because their program was garbage in his opinion, that there was not enough stability. It didn't have long-term success in the future. So if that holds the least bit true, and they also want the component of Arch Archie Manning, the grandfather saying that ghosts, he's told all of his, all of his, uh, his, both his sons and also Archie, you know, Go where, go somewhere where you would enjoy being, even if you weren't playing football. Go for just the school. I feel like Georgia checks all those boxes. I don't know how much Texas checks all those boxes. I know Austin is a new kind of hip, growing city, but don't know that in terms of the stability and the ability to to win, and also the ability to compete against the best guys. They're not going to be in the SEC for another two years. That's that's one another reason that. I feel like it goes against him, but uh, but you know that's just where we're at right now with all of it, and I'm sure we're gonna have even some more questions here in just a little mm-hmm. bit. But before we get to the vault questions, let's talk about uh, subscribing, guys. We need you to subscribe to the channel. We're already well up past the twenty-seven thousand uh, subscriber mark. It's been growing like crazy uh, in this off season here after since Georgia's won the the national championship all the way throughout that run. So. If you enjoy this content, if you enjoy listening to Jim Donnan and Roddy and Dane all talk on Tuesdays, Paul and Ben on the call-in show, and Jason over there with those guys, we got a lot of live content that goes on. So do us a favor. Just move the cursor down just a little bit there and hit the subscribe button. And also uh, give us a thumbs up while you're in here. We really appreciate that. Turn on notifications so you get uh, you get a little ding there every time we go live but without further ado here let's uh, look at just a couple of youtube comments before we go on here while, while, uh, you're, while you're finding that one other one other thing that's interesting is that you're talking about stability is the fact that there was a lot of nfl talk with todd munkin in the offseason following the season and, all, and and them to announce that kind of contract extension uh before you know the, the family's coming on campus and stuff like that kind of kind of showed hey munkin's here for he's going to be here for a while he's enjoying being here and uh so that, that's another uh line of stability that you're, you're referring to munkin uh you know it's been rumored that a lot of nfl guys former nfl guys right recruiting maybe isn't their most favorite activity in the world to do but munkin went up to finley ohio and watched ryan montgomery a 2025 quarterback throw during the evaluation period i don't think he's gonna waste his time going up and doing that if he knows he's got a foot out the door so to your opinion uh, i think if you're looking at quarterbacks and and obviously he's involved with um uh, julian juju lewis the quarterback that's going to be at uh at Carrollton this year as a freshman a 2026 guy i don't think you're looking at quarterbacks that far out if you if you're not planning on being around for a little while so i agree with you there trent all right jed we got our first one from uh sandbar bathroom <clears throat> yeah could we georgia lead behind the scenes for jordan hall or is it too early to tell I think it's a little early to say uh, leading and things like that. Obviously, I think you got to get him on. Uh, I think I think I'm just kind of old school in the fact that I think before you can lead with anybody, you got to get them to agree to come on an official visit. And I think that that would be the case here. But uh, you know, I know Jordan Hall, someone they're they're going after heavily. But uh, Jed Trent, any of y'all that have any um, insight on the big interior defensive lineman there? No, I mean it's it's one of those things. They're at this point they're positioned to maybe make a move and uh, you know get an official visit later in the fall. Um, 
but yeah, he's definitely one of those guys. You look at Jamal Jarrett, who uh, thanks to Adam Friedman, our national guy, Jamal Jarrett's supposed to be announcing July 19th. Um, Sadir Mitchell is, is another guy Jordan's after, but Big Baby Hall is another guy that that they're after and looking to add, you know, a kind of an interior, a defensive interior guy uh, looking to add in this class. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he he can move around. He's six foot five around that 300, 300 range, but, you know, Trent, I mean, He's a guy from Jacksonville. I know that uh, I'm not saying he's involved in this recruitment, but I know Todd Hartley's got some great um, connections down there in Jacksonville. And of course, you know, the, the uh, coach Uzo Deribe and all these other guys, Fran Brown even has some connections. So there's lots of guys, Will Muschamp being the former Florida Gator head coach. I mean, there's lots of guys that have connections down in Florida, um, but it seems like, you know, Florida State, Florida, uh, South Carolina, all involved in this recruitment. So, what's your kind of thoughts on it, Trent? Yeah, and and the one that didn't say was Trey Scott, who's just put three guys in the NFL in the first round. Oh, yeah. so, you know, I mean, he, he would be the he would be the position coach, but yeah. I was just naming guys who were got Florida the, ties. He's you know? got a lot of connections in that in that area. You're speaking to Hartley and you know that, but if I'm Trey Scott, I'm shooting my shot with every single uh, you know big interior lineman or, 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 you know, defensive end. A tweener. In the country. So, uh, because, you know, you have what, what he was lacking is, uh, you know, we, we knew he was a good developer. We knew he was a good uh, um, coach on the field, but what he was lacking was those first round picks. So that's a, that's another, uh, you know, uh, I guess weapon in his pocket now that, that he can go out and, and, and use on the recruiting trail and uh, you know, it, he's going to shoot a shot with, with all these guys. And I think, I think uh, Hall is just another one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so great question there, Sandbar bathroom. We really appreciate it. I mean, I, I definitely think uh, Jordan Hall is someone they're going to continue to pursue, but it also kind of depends on, okay, what happens with certain guys in certain, in certain positions? How do they, how do they come along with the, with the interior guys, um, that they already have, you know, squarely in their sights. And then if they view him, end up viewing him as a defensive end, uh, you know, who really fits that mold now for Georgia? Because they've kind of been going either bigger interior guys or um, which I think Jordan Hall could kind of work his way into or more stand-up edge guys. So kind of kind of remains to be seen here. All right, uh, Harley Dog 80. How close are we to getting a future cast for Quay Russo and James Smith? All right, so I actually put in a future cast a while back for uh, Quay Russo. Um, I I feel that Georgia, Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann specifically, and now the addition of uh, Chidera Uzo-Daribe, I feel at this point in time they've done the best job recruiting Quay Russo. And, and one thing that I've learned, because I've kind of been, you know, following it every step of the way with, with Quay, even when Georgia was first getting on him, is that this is a young man that just loves to work and he doesn't like all the glitz and glam he hates recruiting in fact like it's it's he like dreads going on these visits but um he he enjoyed his time at, at georgia and the thing that stuck out the most to him was seeing his mom and his sister enjoy the visit and then secondly Kirby Smart straight up told him, he said, there's absolutely nothing guaranteed to you. You're not going to, we're not guaranteeing you to start. The only thing we're guaranteeing you is hard work. And that was like, I was like, you know, feeding candy to a baby right there. I mean, he absolutely loved it. You know, Quay, Quay 
that's the that's what it, this is a young man that squats over 600 pounds i mean he's strong as an ox he loves working out in in, in the weight room grinding so i feel like uh georgia might be in a little bit better shape with quay than than uh james smith at the moment but and i don't think it by any means they're a package deal you hear that a lot trent but it never seems to pan out yeah i've, I've heard a lot more about quay than i have about james and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily say uh that georgia his chances are not uh good with with both of them uh, i've just heard a little bit more about uh georgia georgia likes his chances with quay and i think uh, you know i James James is a guy that you haven't you know you, you've you've kind of seen uh, after a couple of visits he's been on that you see uh, some talk oh hey he's going to be at Alabama or he'll be at Auburn or whatever but uh, I, I still think Georgia's in that one but I, I do think they stand uh, a better a better chance right now for Quake in this class absolutely all right so here we go Andy Stowe Jed. Yeah, please explain the meaning of a non-committable offer. What is the point of offering a prospect if you aren't really going to take them? I just don't understand the reasoning behind this. Yeah, I kind of wish that you weren't able to do that, but Trent, the 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 way it goes now is you kind of have to extend an offer with some of these guys just to say, okay, we don't want to look like we were the last one to the party here. Yeah, and, and you know, you see a lot of these guys that get offered as as sophomore and juniors. And then throughout that time, uh, the staff is really monitoring, uh, you know, your body, uh, how you're taking care of your body, how you're developing in the weight room, how you're developing as a football player. Um, if you're letting your body go and not working in the offseason, you're, you're going to see that offer, that previous offer that they've given, um, go to other guys. Um, so also uh, another, another thing is when, like, C.J. Smith uh, – jumping on board today um you're gonna start seeing that was last class cj allen i mean cj allen i'm sorry <laughs> no bro cj smith, yeah, smith did jump on board he was just a little it's, earlier it's kristen williams all over again shut up uh cj <laughs> allen jumping on board um you start seeing spots fill up so if you have eight nine offers on the um inside linebacker you obviously can't take all eight so if that class gets full or you're holding a spot for say trade boils and, and towards the end then you you don't have an you, i mean yes that that offer becomes non-committable so uh it's all about spots and it's all about um how they how they develop as a player throughout the years um because you don't uh you, we, we saw a couple i think last year that you know that they didn't take care of their bodies in the off season they were got a little bit overweight that offer became non-committable, then you, you start you start focusing going on the guys elsewhere. So uh, there's a lot of different reasons for it, but um, majority of the time is is just staff uh, they're evaluating the position and they they continue to evaluate the position. That's why you have the evaluation period in the spring, and uh, and they go from there. Well, and a lot. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, let me, Trent. You've done this longer than than me and Blaine have. Let me ask you this: Do you think it's more that offers are non-committable when they're given or it's like you said guys you know don't take care of their bodies whatever and an offer becomes non-committable based on something the coaching staff sees while they're still evaluating a kid i think some of them are it's it's different way i think we talked about this previously is uh some of them are camp offers and uh some of them are offers to come and and see how you do in a camp setting uh in front of the georgia staff and if you do then your offer becomes committable um but other other times, 
you know, it is what we were talking about was that uh, they might receive an offer uh, their sophomore year and they just don't develop as a player over that time. And, and, you know, they focus their time elsewhere. Well, and the other thing is too, a lot of times I know for a fact that Georgia will tell guys, Hey, this is more so an opportunity for you to, you know, earn your, earn your way into to having a spot into the class. Like we're, we're interested in you enough to let you know that we're going to be actively recruiting you. That's what this offer means, but it doesn't mean that you have a spot right away. But some guys, <laughs> some guys like a Justice Haynes or a Arch Manning or somebody, they offer them and they say, hey, you can commit whenever you want. You know, like like they just, they just tell them. I mean, I think as long as you're – a lot of these young men that we talk to – the main thing is they just want somebody to be honest with them, right? So if if as long as you're upfront and honest and you say, "Hey, here's what this offer means," then I think most of them are are pretty pretty cool with it. All right, just John four nineteen says, "What recruit in the twenty twenty three class uh, could be our Georgia next Trayvon Walker in that D end edge role?" So when you think Trayvon Walker, I think you you think of tremendous athlete um i think you think of a versatile guy someone that can play a lot of different positions can be used on special teams um so it would have to be somebody obviously if if georgia were to you know firmly get in the race with a Nichols harbor that would be a guy that kind of stands out as just that can do literally everything on the football field but I'm telling you, I think that, that the guy that we just talked about, Quay, uh, Quay Russell, is someone who I think he could end up playing inside linebacker. I think he could play edge. I think in certain packages he could even, you know, bump down just a little bit if he adds a little bit more weight and, and play a, a, a kind of a, even a true a defensive end type deal because he's strong as he can be. I mean, ridiculously strong, and he's got good speed. So, I mean, I think there's lots of guys that fit that fit that mold. Trent, I think two guys that, that are kind of fit that mold now are Michael Williams and, and Marvin Jones Jr., who Georgia has. People don't realize the two studs that Georgia brought in in that class. Definitely. I mean, um, I, you know, you, looking at Michael Williams, you know, he's he is uh, probably going to play that similar role, uh, either a jack linebacker, hand in the dirt, uh, defense, uh, defense man, and uh, – uh, you know, Marvin Jones might be more of a stand-up guy, but if you're looking at strictly edge guys, it, that, those are the two guys you look at in last class. And then you got, uh, like you said, Nichols Harbor. You have Jaden Wayne. You have those guys that are that are a lot very similar to, uh, I guess, in uh, how they'd be used as Trayvon Walker. Uh, Nichols Harbor might be more of a stand-up edge rusher, but um, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of guys that that can, uh, you know, fill that role as. Uh, uh, a guy off the edge. Yeah, and here's the thing: when you're talking about a guy who can can move around, what what did Trayvon Walker end up being at? It was he he was like what six foot six foot five uh, uh, two yeah, se- like two 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 seventy something like that. <laughs> I mean, so you're looking at a guy like Quay Russo's already depending on what you look at, he's he's six three, maybe six four, and and can could probably end up playing it at 240 245 uh so maybe not quite as heavy but literally there's a reason that Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick in the draft it wasn't because of uh statistics it's because he was a just human 
nominally. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable he can move at the speed and rate that he can at that size, but that would be a guy that I would think is kind of closest to it. Jed, does anybody else jump out to you as a guy who could be that kind of uh, ridiculous athlete? Yeah, it's like y'all said, like Mike, like I heard that comp for Michael Williams from him and from other people so many times last year, it's hard to think of anyone else. Um, I think when you look, I like what you said, Blaine, about Quay Russo, because it's not like, not necessarily the same size as Trayvon, but could be used kind of all over the field. Uh, I think, I mean, you look think at a guy like Gabriel Harris. Yeah, or Sam and Pimba, too. That's another guy, kind of like Trent was saying about Marvin Jones, might be more of a stand-up guy. Uh, but just a super freaky no, athlete. You're you're right. You're right. That's that's the one right there, Samuel and Pimba, because that dude's already 245, 250 pounds, and runs like a absolute gazelle playing tight end, uh, and can move. And for for IMG, you know, at one point he was even being recruited by people at tight end, but now Georgia's looking at him as an edge guy. But he's big enough, strong enough, he could move down kind of cover down like like Trayvon did. You know, they drop him back in, in pass coverage in some fire zone situations, stuff like that. Good call, Jed. That's the one. It's either Quay Russo or Samuel and Pimmett. See, see that's, the, that's the insight that's, that a national analyst That's why they pay there. me the national analyst, national <laughs> analyst money, if only I could say it right. Hey, that see, see, Trent. That's why we have the national analyst here on with us each week. Just bringing the. I, I, I just feel honored to be right here next to you, or not? I mean, every, every I didn't want to say it, but I mean, <laughs> there we go, there we go. So, B uh, Hodge oh seven oh two has one of your favorite questions here. Here, Jed. Arch update and potential timeline for a commitment. Well, last time I was in Athens, the arch was still there. It's still black. <laughs> You're still not supposed to walk under it until you graduate. So that's the. That's update. Well, here's here's our arch updates. He just gave the one on the structure. Um, we can re we can recap again that uh, Trent built that arch chair in his basement and then put it on a uh, used trailer and drove it over there for them to use for these June official visits. So that was the arch throne. Um, arch Manning, we already touched on earlier. I mean. Uh, it is the ball's in his court now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Georgia, Alabama, and Texas all had their opportunity to kind of make their closing arguments, if they will. I use the courtroom analogy. The lawyers have all made their closing arguments, and now the jury is going back to deliberate. And it's a, it's not a jury of twelve. It's probably a jury yeah. of three people. <laughs> you know, I'm not even sure if Arch Manning's uh, mama is really involved in this one. I think it's more uh, Arch Cooper and maybe Arch's brother involved in this. That kind of stuff. Gran- granddad may get a say too, but uh, um, who knows it, it, with all this kind of stuff? But it's, I think the timeline is to be determined. But I do feel that. It's a Georgia Texas race, and you know, we'll see. We'll see when he feels like confident and pull the trigger. I personally tend to agree with Jed and and Trent, and also Roddy that I don't think a decision has been made. I think some people over there on the Texas side feel that a decision's been made, and I I just don't think that's the case. All right, Dog B, who is the next receiver that'll commit, and is it tied to Arch's timing slash commitment? And as how we said we didn't know the the timing of Arch's commitment. I would think that the 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 one that is tied to that Trent, that if anybody's tied to it is is Jalen Hale because they're just such good friends. They were on their their visit to uh, Athens together. I think it's worth noting that that's the only visit that they were on together. They weren't at Texas together, 
arguably nobody put a collection of talent around Arch Manning like Georgia did. Nobody. Uh, nobody had had the likes of a Pierce Sperlin, uh, Justice Haynes, um, a, a Jalen Hale, a TJ Shanahan, uh, all in the room at the same time. So Jalen Hale, I mean, Hakeem Williams is a guy who could probably take notice of that, um, but I'm not sure either one of those guys are going to be the next one. I feel like uh, there might be a couple others that they're a little bit closer with, Trent. Yeah, and, and, and you know, this is the thing where, uh, like you said, Jalen Hill could could be on the, you know, the timeline of Arch's commitment. I do think you could see a commitment, you know, this this summer from Hill. It, it could come after Manning. Uh, you know, if it came before Manning, I think that would, uh, you know, speak volume of his confidence and where, and I'm not sure he knows because, like we said, we're not sure Arch even knows where he's going. But uh, but I, I do think Hale could, um, you know, could could be a summer commitment. But also there there's a couple guys that uh, that, that could come before that, you know, uh, especially the guys they had on uh, – a particular player they had on campus last weekend, I guess Evans um, – uh, you know, there, there's a couple guys that could that could decide before then, but I would watch Hill as a summer commitment. You know, maybe close to or shortly after uh, Manny's commitment. Yeah, uh, but in in terms of the the next one, I mean, somebody who's getting kind of tired of the whole recruiting thing. Um, Anthony Evans, Tyler Williams, both of them. Who knows? We'll see. And Tyler Williams. Yeah, we'll see see how it all how it all plays out. I, I know Anthony Evans was like, I man, I'm sick of taking visits now he's like he's like i want a break i want a break he reminds me of the remember on the cat williams segment where he he said he said uh you know you don't want to get mixed up uh going to going to a party with some of your <laughs> hispanic friends because he said it's gonna it's gonna be a party that lasts all weekend he said you should be over there dancing man, man i want to go home <laughs> that's a, that's how anthony evans uh was acting right there in that i will say that this wide receiver class has potential to be the best one, or one of the best ones that's come through in a while, uh, just potential um, wise with guys like Hale, Evans, uh, Hakeem Williams, and then uh, the guys you got committed, oh, Tyler Williams, too. Um, there's a lot of potential in this class for this to be a, a very good wide receiver class. A diverse one, too. There's a lot of guys that, that, that fit a lot of, a lot of different. Um, a lot of different roles. I know one thing that Georgia wants is they want speed. They want to pack as much speed as possible in the class at wide receiver, and that just seems to be the the theme in college football in general, and Georgia's no different in that. All right, Jed, one of your favorite questioners here. PA Dog 610, what is the running back situation for the 23 class, Justice Haynes, and who else? Okay, so I think everybody here uh, now obviously uh, still have to see how things – kind of played out after Justice Haynes' visit to, to Alabama, and he's still got a big visit coming up to Ohio State. Um, once that's over with, I feel like, uh, you know, you're within a, a probably a few weeks after that visit's taken of getting a decision from from Justice. Uh, I would think that, that Georgia's done what they've needed to do to kind of be first and foremost uh, on his mind as he comes to a decision. I know that Justice Haynes is first and foremost when it comes to Georgia's mind as running backs. I mean, obviously, there's some talented running backs in this class, Richard Young being one of them who was there this weekend. But, Trent, I think that the focus has always been mainly on Justice Haynes. Like, he's the one that they've circled, and and usually when Dell McGee goes after somebody that intently, he ends up bringing them, bringing them to Athens. 
Yeah, I, I think the focus has been on that, and uh, and I also think they're still evalu- evaluating that position for the, the second guy. And, you know, you mentioned Richard Young. There's there's been there's been you know four or five running backs that have come through and been like possible number two guy to go alongside Justice Haynes, but I don't think they nailed down what particular one they want uh, just yet. I mean, of course they would take Richard Young in a heartbeat, but uh, I think there's uh, you know in a battle there. Uh, with with Alabama, uh, along with a couple other teams, so I think I think there's still some evaluation going on at that position for the number two guy, but their sole focus is uh, you know landing Justice Haynes and going from there. And I think too, Jed, you know the conversation about committable offers comes into play right there, right? Because Georgia's it, running backs a position, even though Georgia's taking two, it's it's very limited. You know what I'm saying? And, and who and who you can take and win. And so I think Georgia is kind of wanting to let guys know hey you know we may be interested in you uh uh you know jamar and wilcox or somebody like that but i don't know if they want to uh you know offer somebody until maybe they're ready to ready to possibly take them in the in the, in the class and i don't know if that's the case right now with some of these other guys outstanding but i will say this i think that's a name to to before this is all said and over with that to keep an eye on with jamar and wilcox i mean this is a guy who's visiting ohio state other places like that. He's been to Georgia several times. I think he's going to have a huge senior season. Yeah, actually, when I went and saw him in person as part of my <laughs> national analyst job, um, he said people <laughs> over there have got a have got a baby Nick Chubb nickname uh, for him going on over there. But you got him. Uh, you got another in-state guy and DJ Braswell. Uh, they're recruiting Jeremiah Love out of I think St. Louis. Um, and, and they haven't even offered Braswell yet, and Braswell's yeah, got an exactly. offer from Alabama. Yeah, I don't know if they've offered Wilcox, have they? No, they haven't offered. Okay, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. They haven't, they haven't offered. You have two of these guys who are, you know, quote-unquote targets, two of which don't don't even have offers yet. So, um, like you said, Trent, Richard Young is the guy that, if he wanted to join the class, Georgia would, would take him right now. It kind of seems like he is, is more likely to end up maybe somewhere else, maybe like Alabama. But, um, yeah, it's always been, like you said, Blaine, Justice Haynes is priority one or 1A or whatever, and then everyone else is kind of – the, the pegging order kind of still being sorted out for that number two spot. Man, there's there's a, all kinds of – I don't even know what's going on in the YouTube chat right now. There's people arguing about where Jim Harbaugh ranks in the top in the top coaches in the country, recruiting versus uh, – re, excuse me, recruiting versus facts. That's, that's kind of, that fits, right? Recruiting <laughs> versus yep. facts because that's kind of how it goes. Uh, I think, you know, rumors versus facts is very – turned off very uh, entertaining over here in the comment section so uh, we appreciate everybody you know putting those in. if you got any recruiting questions go ahead and throw those in here too we'll be answering sure. yours in just a minute as we go through not going to talk jim harbaugh and uh, where he ranks though in the in the coaching uh, unless, he's, unless he's sleeping over at a punter's house yeah hey, hey we'll, we'll <laughs> leave his sleeping habits alone <laughs> <laughs> one All right, uh, Razor Ramon 24, my favorite uh, name so far throughout this. You know, uh, some people just love my affinity for pro wrestling uh, over there. But if Archman's last name wasn't Manning, would he be the number one player in the country? I will defer to our national analyst and the one and the one who the one who is he personally ranks all these kids. One, I do every one of them. I do. Uh, I have a giant spreadsheet with like three thousand kids on it, and I just sit in my room for like three days. It's, it's Jed's. It's Jed's decision. So Jed, it's would you put Arch Manning 
as number one if his name wasn't Manny. If his name was Jim Bob Cooter, would he be <laughs> number one overall recruit? Because of his name, I'd make him number one overall alone, wherever he's coaching right now. If his uh, last name was Gilmer. Oh, his no. name, last, last name <laughs> was Gilmer. He definitely Brandon. wouldn't be. He, his last name was Gilmer. He wouldn't be running that four six that he runs. It'd be up closer to five flat. I promise you. Genetics I mean, are a strong thing. I mean, the thing is, is like, and I, I don't pretend to be like a, a great quarterback evaluator or whatever, but like, there, it's also it's not like there's another guy that's that it feels like being robbed. Because remember last summer, Blaine when, and Trent when we when we when we were in the same spot last summer, LT Overton was the number one guy in the twenty three class. And obviously he's reclassified, but he also dropped down the 23 class before that. So there's not like that one guy who's super like pushing. I mean, Cormani McLean is up there. Uh, Caden Proctor is up there. Pretty. I don't even know who's number two right now. I guess I should probably know that. Um, Look but at your it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me a second. Um, <laughs> it's not like there's a guy who is being robbed, you know, like, I don't think I think I mean don't get me wrong. Arch Manning is a good player from what I know. I mean again I'm not a genius, but um, like okay, Kwame McLean's number two, Samuel and Pimba's number four or number three rose up four spots, and then okay then you got Malachi Nelson as um, number four overall and number two pro style quarterback. So I don't know. I haven't seen either one of those guys in person, of course, um, but it kind of seems like he's. I good will say enough. I guess. I mean, I, I, yeah, I will say this. I think in any year, regardless of what his last name is, because of three main factors, okay, but because of what you see with his ball placement, what you see with how quick his release is, and what you see with his athleticism and footwork, Arch Manning is going to be a top 10 prospect any year because of that. Maybe if his name's not Manning, there's a stronger push to put a, a Malachi Nelson or a uh, Nico Iamaliva up there. There, it, Hey, I'm not going to pretend there's not any kind of bias because of that. It's a media attention thing from the time he was in seventh grade. He was having articles written about him, okay? It's just the, the way that it goes. But to his credit, there could have been pressure to – you know, to basically crumble underneath, right? He could have wilted under that, but no, he's thrived. He has put up, you know, tremendous numbers. He's looked great on, on uh, you know, big stages, things of that nature. And, you know, he's done so with, it's not like he's got a bunch of just gazelles running around him over there at Isidore Newman, right? I mean, it's nope. a bunch of guys who are going to be, uh, you know, CEOs and, and, uh, and, and accountants and, and things. Things of that nature yeah. over at well, Isidore Newman. And another thing, any perceived Manning bump or whatever, it's not like we're it's it's taking him from a three star guy to number one in the country. Kind of like you said, Blaine. Like if his last name was uh, Smith or whatever, he'd still be a, a top ten prospect that Georgia would be recruiting and Alabama would be recruiting and Texas would be recruiting, whatever. Um, so, I mean, obviously, there's so much that goes with this recruitment and this commitment because his last name is Manning, but it's not like he's just an average player that is being thrown up to number one um, because of last name. Also, guys, I forgot. I didn't even think about this. We haven't even talked about um, AJ Harris's commitment on the show yet. Yeah. AJ, AJ Harris committing was huge, but like I said, it's been fast paced, man. I mean, Joshua Miller, AJ Harris, uh, 
a kicker in Peyton Woodring, which I'll say his name, but from now on, I'm just going to refer to him as the kicker because that's kind of how we deal with the kicker position. No, I mean, he's he's a very, very good uh, kicker, long of 56 yards. Uh, so Georgia gets him over Alabama. And now uh, with with C.J. Allen. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of talented guys, but it, it's a lot that is going on. But I don't think you can overstate that, uh, Trent, how big of a pickup A.J. Harris is in this class. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, a couple months ago, it was looking like Florida was a team to beat. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know where he, he kind of resides from. And then uh, Georgia has been a school in there uh, since day one. It kind of like the, you know, with, with Georgia's class last year, uh, the opportunity to play early might be, uh, you know, a little, little uh, uh, weaker at, at Georgia than it would be at other schools. But uh, getting them on campus, like we've talked about in the past, uh, having that uh, that opportunity to, to let Kirby and and his staff go to work when you get when you get Kirby and Muschamp, uh, there, there's not a better uh, I guess secondary uh, group of coaches uh, with with what Georgia's got on campus and and, and adding, you know, adding Fran Brown to the mix add, didn't hurt Fran Brown and, and and their ability to sell and uh, and to be able to get them on campus and to get them to cancel the official visit to Florida and commit that fast was was very impressive. For sure, absolutely was. Uh, now, you know, when it when it comes down to some of these other guys too, another guy that Jed that could be arguably he's number four, number three in the country overall is uh, Samuel and Pimba, who we who we talked about a little bit earlier. And um, uh, we have a YouTube question here that says, "And Pimba isn't on Georgia's radar, I don't think. I I don't know. It says where." Uh, uh, Rugsy Vid says, where does UGA sit with Samuel and Pimba? Well, he's coming on campus in two days. He'll be he'll be making a, an a unofficial visit to Georgia on the 22nd, and him and uh, Chidera Uzo-Daribe have really hit it off, uh, starting to build a really good relationship between those two. So I think Georgia's right in the mix with Samuel and Pimba. I really do. I feel like it's Georgia, uh, Notre Dame, you know, um, Ohio State, Miami, some of those those Missouri, type schools. Home state, home state school, Missouri too. Yeah, Missouri. I just unless your name's last name's Burden, I refuse you. I refuse to believe you're going to Missouri. But uh, that's a, that's another that's another story for another time. But uh, you know, Samuel and Pimba, I think Georgia's right there in it. Here's a good question for you, Jed. Um, is Sam <laughs> is Seven Cloud a, a real person? You are a national <laughs> you're a, you're a national analyst. Have you seen flesh and blood seven cloud? Are clouds clouds aren't flesh and blood anyway. They're like uh, they're like water droplets, right? Um, Condensation. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's um you know seven cloud is a guy where it's one of because he's been so all over the place with schools and and last year there was like a is he eligible is he ineligible is he just can't get off there's so many um i don't even know and this again this isn't even answering the question of whether he's real or not so i wouldn't be surprised if he is a guy that like has to go like the juco or or an an alternate route or jackson state something like that 
like signs and 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 but goes somewhere else because he'll be com- he'll be committed to Georgia until about a week before signing day. Then he'll then he'll end up going to Jackson State, and Dion will say, "I flipped him from Georgia." <laughs> Who was a wasn't there a defensive lineman a few years ago, Trent, that had to do something similar, kind of because of a grades thing going on? Justin Young. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Justin Young did. Um, Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt did. Devontae Wyatt's who I'm thinking of. Um, so, I mean, it's – it's yeah, I think that's kind of what we might uh, be looking at with Seven Cloud, again, if he proves to true. be a real person. So, we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Ed's going to go hunt him down. Yeah, I'll report back on that one. <laughs> I, Absolutely. I, if you're asking if he if he's going to be on the signing uh, – if, he, if he's going to sign – with Georgia, I would say no. It doesn't mean he doesn't end up at Georgia at some point. It doesn't mean he doesn't go like a JUCO route. But I don't think he signs for Georgia in fact. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't see him on Georgia's roster in in twenty three. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, and who knows? Uh, lots of things can can happen for guys. Uh, you know, still got some time before he was. I don't think he he was never going to be an early enrollee guy, anyways. I think he's more of a February guy. So. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be inter- interesting to see how that all plays out. But, uh, yep, we're just going to keep digging away here, getting you as many reports as we can. We had stories on um, Whit Weeks, uh, Quay Rousseau. Uh, you had a, uh, an Olas, uh, a Lennon interview, I believe, that you did, Jed. Anybody, who else did we uh, talk to from the official visits this past weekend? Uh, we talked to Malik Benson a little um actually it's it's funny i was telling you this earlier blaine i was dming with malik benson earlier and i looked at some messages that i traded with him earlier in his recruitment and he said in february talking about georgia quote it's been it's been a dream school since i started playing football my sophomore year uh so one of those things you uh kind of forget about and then you wish you kind of remembered so um malik benson he obviously came off came to athens from uh Tuscaloosa unofficially did those back to back. He didn't get in Athens until late Friday night. So I think he stayed into uh, and left this morning. So, um, yeah, we're trying to get in touch with Hakeem Williams. And then, yeah, we got another weekend coming up with Blaine, like you mentioned, Samuel and Pimba this week. Tony Mitchell is going to be in town on an unofficial this weekend. Um, Josh Maybe even some surprise guys that uh, yeah. that haven't haven't been announced yet. We'll see see yeah. how that uh, comes out. So make sure you are subscribed to UJ Sports Vault. Um, and we always the, the community over there is just unrivaled in how the the banter back and forth on stuff. I really I've really just been enjoying uh, Winder Dad's posts on this on the Arch uh, saga over there. It's it's great stuff. Him and Donut Dog are kind of uh, rivaling each other for the most uh, chronically uh, pe- pessimistic posts over there uh for georgia faithful so all kinds of good stuff to uh to to look at over there but we appreciate everybody tuning in like i said subscribe if you don't already just hit the subscribe button here on youtube it is absolutely free and it helps us a ton also before you sign off literally there's hundreds of you in here just hit that thumbs up button really helps us a lot uh but guys that is going to do it for us this week for trent smallwood And Jed May, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you guys next time on UGA Sports, Rumors vs. Facts.